My name is Owen Flynn and welcome to episode 84 of the Trail Running Ireland podcast, sponsored by New Leaf Online Health Store. Hey everybody, welcome to our Christmas special and today we share our top training tips for over the Christmas and New Year period with Rene Borg from Running Coach Ireland. Everybody, get your running gear on, let's go. Welcome to the show and happy Christmas everyone. I hope you all have a super time over the holidays and because the Christmas can mean different things for different people I thought it would be a good topic for us to chat to Rennie about today in terms of how to best handle our training and our racing over the next fortnight. So Rennie will be here very shortly and hopefully between the two of us you'll find some good takeaways for how to best get those Christmas miles in. Before we chat all things Christmas training I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who has contributed to the podcast over the last year. First of all you guys the listeners who tune in every week every fortnight and seeing the numbers there on Spotify on Apple Podcasts and Castbox it gives me the motivation to keep knocking out the shows for you guys so thank you very very much secondly to our special guests that came on and i can now reveal our top three shows our top three guests from 2023 where in third place was our dublin marathon special with Rene. Which shows, I think, how much love is there for the Dublin Marathon, even amongst the trail and mountain runners of Ireland. In second place was episode 66 back in March, our running masterclass with multiple national track champion Owen Everard, who actually went on to win the World Indoor 3000 metre over 35 championships shortly after recording our episode. And our most listened to show in 2023, a clear winner bringing in a few hundred extra listeners with him was Ricky Wynn who spoke to us in episode 67 about qualifying to run for Ireland at the World Championships after winning the Morris Mullins 80k race and as you'd expect from Ricky it was a great chat and well worth to listen back to as you begin to dream about hopefully an exciting and big year for yourself in 2023 and finally guys a big thank you to our Patreons and our sponsors our new Patreons who signed up this year and make the price of a gel uh, donation every month to us thanks a million guys and to our two big sponsors this year to the team in eco trail wicklow who put on a great show in bray in september and then to our super sponsor over the last couple of episodes imra munster trail runner Maraid o'keefe and her team at new leaf online health store who have very kindly extended their 10 percent off code try 10 uppercase or lowercase to the end of the year try 10 and who are sponsoring this christmas episode today so guys if you need any sporting nutritional items or supplements or something to battle the various flus and colds out there at the moment do pop over to newleafonline.ie and you will have your order within two to five working days and two of the items that Mairead mentioned when she came on in episode 79 for the top five supplements for runners episode was the multivitamin Terra Nova um, supplement and the P4 immunity 
just that might help get you back up and running after a flu or a virus like myself at the moment i need something and maybe and maybe one for the busy time of year that christmas is that she mentioned was the viridian enhanced radiola and ashwanda stress support supplement as well so lots of good options there on newleafonline.ie do give Mary a shout um, and you never know you might find something that will help to keep you strong and healthy over the christmas period and indeed on into 2024 with the discount try 10 for 10 percent off up until december 31st one quick result, guys, to catch up on before we call in Rene is a shout out to Nicola Sorgan, who came in the top 10 with a 10th place at the recent UTMB major race in Thailand, just behind a friend of the show, Hilary Allen from the US, who came in in ninth. And that 10th place guarantees Nicola a spot on the start line in Chamonix at the UTMB World Series finals next summer. So, Congratulations, Nicola, on that one. That must have been a really, really tough race over there in the 100k in just over 15 hours and I know that a lot of the pro-European elites that went over had to retire early from their races because of various stomach and acclimatisation issues so that was a big big run from Nicola fair play well guys on that positive note let's talk our top training tips for the Christmas with our running guru from Running Coach Ireland René Borg Rene, happy Christmas. Great to be talking to you on Christmas week. And I think we've got a, a good episode for our listeners this time around and hopefully some good tips we can share with them to keep them training well over the next maybe fortnight or so. Yeah, happy, nearly time for happy Christmas, Owen. <laughs> and lots, <laughs> lots going on. You know, I think um, most people are looking forward to maybe, what we say, falling into holiday mode around the 22nd or so when the schools are closing here. But at the same time, I know a lot of, well, I don't know if it's a lot, but I suspect some of our listeners are in the same situation as I used to be when I was working for Microsoft back in the day. And a lot of these big, especially American multinationals, where the Christmas period is the half year end. And it's one of the busiest period of the year. And I've, I've seen that play out in two different ways for people. You know, for some people, it's a rush to the Christmas holidays. I know it's like that for my wife. They have a lot of things that needs to be signed off, but they still go on holidays on time. But in yeah. a lot of these American companies, there's barely any Christmas holidays at all. Um, and yeah. I remember it, it was nearly impossible some years to even get home. You know, back then, I uh, both my parents were still alive back then. And I was younger, so I wanted to go home, obviously, for, for Christmas. But it wasn't always possible because we were, apart from the 25th, pretty much, we were working full on. So that means a lot of people who are listening to this are in a slightly different situation. And I think we were hoping we could talk a bit about how you can navigate the different schedules and all the all the food and maybe for some people, all the drink and all the racing opportunities. Absolutely. And it does really depend on what stage of your life that you're in, Renny. And I think, you know, a lot of our trail runners and mountain runners listening and um, like the average age, I think, according to my Spotify stats is maybe in the, the mid 40s of the people that listen in. People that are maybe there are established in their careers, maybe have a, a family on the go as well. Um, a, bit, a bit like yourself, when I was working in Dublin and I worked in Bank of Ireland and it was very busy up until Christmas time. But then we actually could always take a good week and a half, two weeks off. And I used to love the Christmas period for for training really hard. 
because I just thought, well, listen, you know, I'm I'm training for cross country here. I'm go- I was I was going through the different levels at the time when I was working in the bank. I was going through novice, intermediate, and then up to senior cross country. And of course, there's so many cross country races around January and February, where if you get a good two weeks in over Christmas. When I used to think that all oh, of my competitors, they're going to be putting their, their feet up. They're going to be, you know, eating lots of turkey and lots of dessert and so on. I'm going to actually try and push really hard in the Christmas time and, you know, come really strong into the new year. And for a couple of years, it worked really well, Rennie. And I used to really enjoy specifically doing some of the um, the business house cross country races that I'm sure some of our listeners have done. The ones in Timon Park and then in the Phoenix Park, the, the Garda one was a great one in February. Um, but then, as you were saying, not everybody can um, train hard for the two weeks because some people have lots of family commitments. Yeah, well, when you travel home as a younger man, it was a very relaxing period, right? And then you noticed how stressed your mother was. And now as a, as a parent, obviously, we kind of understand why that was, you know, because you have to manage a lot of things. And you're the one kind of setting the scene and creating the experience for, for the kids and for anyone else who is coming for for dinner. And depending on your personality and, you know, how ambitious you are with your cooking, how many guests you have and all this, it can be a more or less, um, what do you say, stressful experience. But certainly... As I said, there's many ways to go into Christmas. And what I really noticed as a big difference as going older, you know, from a running perspective first, how you want to get through Christmas and New Year's, I think, depends a lot on the goals that you have and when they are, when you have them. You know, if you have goals that are very early in the year, you probably don't really want to start January on the back foot. And, when you know, when I say back foot, I kind of mean when I used to, as a younger man, before I discovered running and everything, the New Year's Eve back home in Denmark is the biggest thing on, you know, in many ways bigger than Christmas. And it would be the most, the largest party imaginable. But it also meant you you usually felt that. So you really started the new year kind of in a tired and worn down mode, you know, and you had to more or less recover from the festivities. And I noticed as I shifted to running and I, I didn't have that ritual over here, we would have traditions such as starting, you know, the 1st of January with the run-up jousts and things like that. Yeah. And I did notice, wow, that is in many ways a much better way to start the new year. You know, you're, yeah. you're on the front foot, you're energetic, uh, you know, you, your body is in a good place and the year is only getting started. So you, it doesn't have to be as extreme as that. I think in that like, you don't have to totally say, look, if I want to start the year on the front foot because I want to or because you have races that come early – that you totally have to eschew everything, you know, no, no candy, no big meals, not a drop of alcohol, etc. Because for most people, that's obviously not desired nor wanted. Uh, but I think we think between ourselves, we can probably share a few tips on how you can can get most of the fun stuff and not pay as much of the price. Yeah, I think if you look at, say, the Imre calendar, when you actually have lots of options to race very early in the new year. Um, I mentioned the business house cross country scene. Um, if anybody is looking for something new and different and something on, on flatter ground, just some great races on, on the business house race calendar. But if you look at the Imrick calendar, especially if you're down in the, in the Munster area, down in Cork and Limerick, I mean, they are racing. They're racing on January 1st. They've got their first Munster Winter League there in the B-Wing Trail. I'm not too sure how you pronounce that one, Randy. Maybe you know it. And then you have Ballyhora, Winter Moonlight Challenge. And then you've got Corrin there in the first, that's in the first fortnight, where in the in the Leinster, um, the Leinster League, they don't get going for a while. Now, there's a couple of races, I think, 
towards the end of January and into the start of February with the famous Brock of Burst, which I know you know very well, Rene. So you've got a couple more weeks if you're in Leinster. But I mean, the Munster guys, if you want to get off to a good start and even do a couple of confidence boosting races, um, and if you can get a good two weeks in, you know, and then go go strong and that's from the start. But again, it does depend when you want the peak. If you're peaking in January and February, it would be very hard then to keep to keep peaking in March and April, where maybe some of the top trail runners in the country, they're looking to peak, say, for the trial races in at the start of April to try and make Irish times, um, or Irish teams rather. Um, so they probably don't want to be racing the first week or two in January and February. They should probably be looking at the Christmas period for laying down the foundations for successful racing at the start of April, late March, maybe as a couple of test races. So now, for example, would be a great time to really double down on your S&C, maybe do a little bit of research on what type of S&C work you need, get your mileage done over the Christmas period, and maybe just step away from the competitive side for a couple of weeks before you need to be competitive as you approach the, the late spring, early summer, rather than being too competitive now. Yeah, the January racing is is tricky enough with if you have if you're trying to build a winter base at the same time, um you can either do it by having built it already, like in, in autumn, and then you're already progressing to to trying to bring in a little bit of speed and you use January for that, or you can say if you have a, a goal that's quite late in the year, you can kind of do some mixed training now and then you can start your base after the races you want to do early year are kind of over. Because it's very it's quite busy, say here in Leinster and especially in Wicklow, because we have we basically start there's there's a memorial race the day after. I think it's the first of August for a coach in Pan LAC. Um you've already had the Joust Remembrance race, which is an IMRA event, you know, for um that is to remember the IMRA members who have died over the years, you know, especially the big characters. Um so and a great tradition. That's already between I think it's between Christmas and New Year's, or it's it's actually people can look it up on the calendar it's the 27th of december yeah so it's between it's between christmas and new year's so you have that but then already there's like a very busy three weekend period where we have our masters cross country locally then we have the indoor championship up in abbottstown and yeah. then there is a double header on saturday you have brocker burst as you mentioned on the same day as the leinster intermediate and novice championship which is in avondale you know only 10 minutes south yeah. So, so people have to be spoiled for choice, and in those three weekends, a lot of our club members, probably myself included, will probably end up racing, you know, three weekends in a row, which is not one hundred percent ideal. But the way we look at it is, these races are quite different from what most of us are really training for. So we'll probably just do the mass training and try not to taper too much. But it certainly makes it easy if you are a little bit drift drifting at this stage of the year some people are or your goals haven't set in stone or maybe you have the winter blues a lot of people come to me with sag at the moment Owen. you know seasonal uh, sad actually what well, seasonal affective disorder i think they call it yeah. which is kind of this you know it's dark there's no sunshine uh, a lot of the highlights of the year apart from christmas are over so some people get a bit blue um so it's nice to be able to have something straight after that you can just kind of bite your teeth on and remind yourself why you like it all and then take it from there. Yeah, and I might just throw in another problem that a lot of us suffer with around this time of the year, Randy, as well. That's maybe on the mental side of things, but on the physical side of things, and there's just so many colds and flus and viruses around at the moment. And I've been stuck with a bad virus for the last... 
oh, two, two and a half, three weeks nearly now. And only this week I've got back easy running, but I'm still very much stuck in, in second gear. And I'm actually looking forward to maybe getting home, uh, you know, for Christmas and being able to just push on that little bit in training and take advantage of the little bit of downtime, even though it's going to be um, busy with the kids and that. But just looking forward to, you know, no work and no strict school runs or anything like that. And just on the colds and the flus, Renee. Yeah, I think it just a reminder to everybody if they can't, whether it's topping up with their vitamin C's or keeping stress levels low or you hate to say avoid indoor crowded areas um, so you don't pick up a cold or flu. But just to be aware of it, that there's uh, there's lots of it rampant around the country at the moment. Yeah, well, the tip I can give people is, is people. a lot of people are telling me this at the moment and I actually I've, I've I'm starting to irritate people I've noticed because they keep even my father, you know, who's asking me, so how are you all healthy? Because his wife, his new wife is, uh, she was a bit under the weather. And every time he asked me, he says, yeah, yeah, we all fine. And uh, the same with some friends. He was saying, how are your kids dealing with this and this? And I said, my kids are not sick. Uh, you know, I can barely What remember. are you doing, Manny? Tell us your secrets. Yeah, well, so basically, the way I look at the human body is the human body has seasonal processes that it has to go through. And we have to remember everything you put into the body that is in any way alien to the system, whether it's on purpose or not. So let's say in shampoo, something very harmless to most people, there are things that shouldn't be. In the material of your house, there are things that should not be. Um, in a lot of our foods, there are things that we should not get in our water, our air. So and all of these things, including a really poor diet, let's say, or alcohol or stress hormones, um, all of these things add together over a year. So does it if you run hard, let's say, or if you run outside in the cold weather, or if you get extremely dehydrated in a race, all of these things kill a lot of cells, but they also put demand on what's called your lymphatic system, which is especially the liver, the gallbladder and the bile ducts, which you can look at It's kind of a centralized system that produces bile. And this bile has to suck all of these toxins through your system and eliminate them so that they don't um, get stuck and become gallbladders and things, which further makes basically the liver more congested so that it doesn't work as well. Or that the body's like, I can't handle all this. I can't get rid of this. And then it will sequester these things in your fat tissues or in your organs, which you know is definitely not where you want these sorts of things. Let's say it was heavy metals, for instance. If that sits in a particular tissue for many, many years, you're going to start having some chronic problems, you know, such as an anti-inflammatory reaction because the body is actually trying to get this out. So when you look at the body from that perspective and you say, okay, well, why do the trees drop their leaves every winter? Well, because they're worn out, right? They're the filters, they're the lungs of the tree. So they get worn out, they need to be replaced. And in many ways, what we experience when we have a lot of phlegm coming out, you know, and the throat is raw, is either this central system is actually overloaded and some of the acidity is actually, it's coming back up in your throat, or it is all the dead lung cells and dead cells in your nose and tract that needs to be removed. Basically, what the body is doing to you is it's clean, it's changing your filters. So once you view it from that perspective, and you also say, well, there are other things that the body will, the body may try to say, look, this person just won't rest. He's constantly topping himself up on caffeine and drinks, etc., to keep going. Um, and that means I can't finish the cleaning with a good fever or a bit of inflammation, you know, to burn away this unwanted tissue. You might be hit by a very nasty fever because the body is trying to fully incapacitate you and just finish this job before it becomes a serious problem. So see, mm -hmm. I look at everything from that angle first and foremost. 
And then I look at, okay, so what can I do to make sure that these reactions don't become overwhelming? Because I don't want to have a two-week flu. Yeah. So I do regular cleansing protocols of myself. Um, you know, some of them I won't necessarily discuss in the podcast because they're not that savory owned, but there are cleansing protocols you can do. First of all, of course, is you need to find ways to reduce your toxic load as you go through the year. So be very aware where is it all coming from? What are potential stresses from my body? And and give your body some breaks to catch up. Because I think when you get very aggressive symptoms and you're really laid waste to, it's because you've been ignoring the danger for too long. You know, so I, I used to never rest proactively on. That's what I just went until I crashed. I'd work hard. Yeah. But now I take periods where I just kind of zone out. I do my recovery routines. I leave a bit of pressure off the body. And I think that's really the key. You know, we, I also think we live in a very nice environment up here in the hills. That's a separate thing. Yeah. So it, it's such a big topic. I probably can't give people more on here. Um, well, I, I, I can give you a very good example of anything of what you're talking about, say, with my own flu that I had over the last two weeks. Um, this week it was getting better. Um, Monday and Tuesday, I was getting back training again. Body was feeling good, say, of a scale of one to ten. The flu symptoms were down, let's say, at two out of ten. But then we're recording today on Friday. And on Wednesday, I had a shocking argument with the missus. Nothing too serious, but just a typical argument that you have that lasted about maybe 12 hours or so. And for those 12 hours, when we weren't talking or whatever, my flu symptoms went back up to four or five out of 10 because the body was stressed out. And whatever stress hormones were going through the body uh, made those flu symptoms work. And then we kissed and made up. Everything was fine. (laughs) And then yesterday and today, runs are back to what they were say at the start of the week but isn't it amazing how just a little argument like that with whoever it might be the missus or in work or when stress levels are a little bit higher the physical effects that that has and therefore the negative effects that it has on our training yeah and you can see you know if if one can say doesn't it just make sense but also you you could look at there are a lot of indications that your how you are able to you could say manage your reactions to everything that occurs to you has a huge impact on how you actually, your physiological outcomes, you know, and it's across a wide range of things from injury to, to illness. Um, So in a way, I suppose some, some of us are a little bit wired to physiologically add fuel to the fire if it's already burning. Um, I certainly, you know, what we sometimes call a highly strong individual, you know, I, I would say I actually used to be that old, but I've tried to do a lot of work to try and, contain it because I know I look back at my own family history and I, I could see personalities that were like that. And I, I think it cost them an awful lot health wise, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. um, it's, that's another big discussion, but, you know, I, I think definitely treat, try and understand, I think is the key, how, how your body actually functions, because if you have a body that is in a really good place, you know, it's really on the front foot always, it's, it's clear and clean. There is very little it can't handle. But if we let things add up from all sides, and as we say, it's complicated because it's not just physiological and chemical and electrical. It's also psychological. So you have to look at it as one bucket with all these flows into it. I think we've talked about that before. Mm. And so you you really need to have this whole word holistic. You You have to have a super holistic view of yourself and don't look at just one or two things and say, this is what I'm afraid of. You know, this is where I'm going to focus my energy. Like look, look at all those um, and say, I need to, to make sure none of them uh, help, you know, and that can start with simple stuff, such as if you have chemicals in your house, maybe find something that is 
you know, less obnoxious. You know, I buy a lot of green brands now in this day mm -hmm. and age, just because yeah. uh, I use a lot of just basic soap as well. I know some people might feel it's ridiculous, but just because I don't want stuff accumulating that I'm not really sure whether it's really something my body will recognize because it's all going to add up eventually and make it harder for my body then to deal with things that are really serious. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Randy, maybe could you share one of the protocols with us? But I think the first thing that we need is, is to have that awareness of how the people around you, how your environment does affect your, your physical health and therefore your, your performance and training. I think that's the first thing. Before we even mention protocols, it's to have an awareness, isn't it? That, okay, actually, this is making me feel really nervous. This is making me feel really stressed. And then I might maybe start the ball rolling with my first protocol, Rennie. It's actually just to make sure that I get out for my run, whether it's every day for myself, some people it might be four or five times a week. The first protocol for me is to get your run in to make sure you do it because when I was off sick for the week, um, I realized how easy it is not to train, not to run because there's always something to be done, whether it's, whether it's a small little baby to be looked after or whether it's a little bit of work to do or a little bit of house chores to be done. There's always an excuse not to train and you really just have to make sure, I think over this two week period that whatever your normal routine of training is, that within a reasonable um, set of circumstances, given the family commitments, that you get out as much as you normally get out for. Yeah, and I'm glad you kind of bring it back there because we could talk about, you know, gallbladder cleanses and liver cleanses and all sorts of things. But most of these things, they require a bit of attention to detail, etc. And you need to know what you're doing and you can't have certain health conditions and so on. And really, if the, for most success, as we know, with training, it's the same with health. You know, it's small, basic things done right consistently, such as, generally sleeping okay generally mm. eating okay and so generally not overeating or eating while stressed and so on and so forth so that that whole running because the lymphatic system which i mentioned there the clean system it it needs movement to work well so the first step i i was at two christmas parties in the last fortnight on and i made sure every morning after i went up for a run even if it was short and not particularly enjoyable because i found then for the rest of that day, it makes a huge difference that you've just increased the blood flow and mm. you, you've cleaned out some of that abuse you have given yourself. Yeah. And the same on the day before I do the same. I don't generally the advice is try not to do too heroic a session because if, if you actually are planning on a wild night out with your company or whatever it is, if you also do a very harsh session in the morning, that's two very big stresses you're going to put on. So rather do a nice aerobic run, you know, settle your body yeah. down, clean it out. And then you can talk about protocols, you know, beyond that. Uh, the first, if you go to basics, I've noticed I used to be the sort of person you couldn't drag me out of a party, you know, until I saw the sun. But I've noticed it does actually make a big difference, even if you've had a few drinks, that you go to bed at a slightly more acceptable hour, you know. So yeah. sometimes maybe just know when to cut it short, because a lot of what we call hangover is, is actually just the sleep deprivation. You know, yeah, yeah, and I think when the the calendar actually helps us um this year in terms of our training um over the Christmas period because Christmas Day falls on a Monday, and most of us on a Monday are just doing an easy recovery run. So you know th there is room to skip a, a run there on the Monday and not be stressed about missing a run because you're you're busy with Christmas family duties. You know, um, and maybe just where you might have a little bit of flexibility is. 
where, you know, we all like to do our long run on the Sunday. Sunday's Christmas Eve. So maybe there's going to be a lot of excitement in the house on Christmas Eve or we're busy doing other things. But, you know, do your long run on the Saturday this week instead of waiting until Sunday and trying to squeeze everything in on Christmas Eve. Um, so just to be flexible with the, the calendar and the days that you normally do specific training sessions, that might be helpful as well. For sure, you know, and it depends a little bit, as we say, we have clients who come and say, look, over Christmas, I'm on holidays, so I just want to train loads, you know, I get that, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. it's clear, maybe it's often the men, you know, they're not making the Christmas turkey or something like that, so they have the time, and uh, then there's the other side where, as I said, people say, I, actually, I, I don't want really to be asking my family to be, you know, waiting for me, or having the stress of having to be out for at least an hour, you know, most days and things like that, so for those, it's better to take the approach just get out, even if it's a short run, when you can, especially if you're planning, let's say, the big feast. I think it really helps in terms of, you know, a lot of people would be concerned by weight gain at Christmas, I think it's fair to say. Because mm -hmm. if you look at statistics, you know, most of the weight people apparently get in the middle age is the accumulation of Christmases, you know, where you just gain a little bit and then you never drop it again. So you said there's two things you have to do. You, if you are more active, this is what a lot of us runners love anyway, you know, is that when we're more active, we can eat more. So we can more have the pleasure of enjoying a big meal and if we keep up the exercising rather than uh, getting rid of it. But the other side is what I like to do often. If I know we have a big uh, dinner coming up, you know, with three courses and all the rest, I often cut my meals down to two that day. Yeah, Sure. Yeah, because I just feel ready. Yeah, you might even skip breakfast, Randy. Maybe it might be a good one. Yeah, it depends on like if if I wake up and feel super hungry and I know it's going to be a busy day, I might say, okay, well, I'm going to have the breakfast and that's it. Then then we're going to have because you, Christmas dinner tends to be earlier than regular dinner anyway. So you you can probably hold out, you know, and be brave. Um, but it, it certainly I think helps enjoy especially if you're going to a party where there might be some very nice restaurant food, you know, that by the time the third dish comes around, you can actually enjoy it rather than just being, being too full. So I think that combination of putting in a bit of exercise and, you know, focus on the main meals that, that you really want to enjoy and then maybe dose down the rest that can make for quite a good Christmas period. And you can usually get through then, you know, without any real concerns about, yeah, about yeah. weight gain. Absolutely. And I think it, it might be a good idea, you know, to enjoy those Christmas vegetables that, you know, we often don't get during the year, like your Brussels sprouts or whatever it might be. But to actually maybe go back for a second helping of vegetables or nutrient dense food, some extra turkey, because that will fill you up and that will maybe help you avoid going for a second or third helping of dessert because you've gone for your second or third helping of, of a good protein dish or a good nutrient dense vegetable dish as well. And I think it's something maybe that we, we need to be aware of. I remember I fell into this trap one year that be because runners um, tend to be quite um, conscientious, conscientious of their food choices during the year, we tend to avoid a lot of desserts. We tend to avoid a lot of chocolates and so on, where in most houses at Christmas time, there's lots of uh, sweet stuff around. There's lots of sugars around. And I think if the brain all of a sudden gets a quick couple of shots of sugar and because it hasn't had sugar for, you know, the majority of the year, it can be a bit like, you know, a, 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 an addict all of a sudden getting the hit of what they've been missing for so long. And all of a sudden it just craves another one. It craves another one. And maybe if you're a bit stressed out or if you're a bit tired, your normal self-discipline powers aren't quite as strong as they usually are. And before you know it, you're halfway through the selection box and then you finish off the selection box just because you haven't had sugar all year long. 
and all of a sudden the brain just gets this big massive dump of, of sugar and it can't control itself so just to be aware of not falling into that trap yeah i think quantity over quality is a good way to go if because i, I was reading an article yesterday called, called 10 shocking christmas treats or something like that it was a danish article right and it, I was, it took me through my childhood because they were taking us through this absolutely awful uh, candy that was in every danish house back then all, all over the house right really for december and you're thinking the kids that have free access to this uh now we do allow them you know our own kids to have a chocolate calendar although i i, I think the chocolate and those things are rubbish you know if you ask me but the joy they get out of it i think compensates for that small insult you know they could they can handle it but you can easily overdo it, you know, by having this sort of stuff everywhere. And what we try to do is we we really like, we do like chocolate, myself and my wife, but we try and buy really good stuff. But then we only, you know, we might share one together um, yeah. in the evening, you know, with, with something nice. And because it, that it goes for everything else, you know, and you could say that for the rest of the year, if you're a coffee addict, I would tell you exactly the same, buy better coffee, but drink less of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you'll you'll pay, you'll pay the same money, but hopefully you'll enjoy it more. And I think probably runners, a lot of runners listening to this are probably more there anyway, you know, because I think we running drives a lot of these positive changes. Um, but and also, of course, if we can remind ourselves that running is a power to weight sport, you know, so it is important that not to give ourselves too big a mountain to climb, because quite often, you know, if if you walk in the door to our coaching, one thing that would be a big it's a, a, a key low-hanging fruit is if the BMI of an individual is far beyond the recommended, you can actually gain a lot of the early speed simply by getting into a habit that allows you to sustainably lose that weight, you know, rather than the fitness itself, because it is very expensive in running to carry around extra weight. So, and as you say there, there's, you can easily enjoy good quality food without yeah. having to uh, in a way deprive yourself you know and um yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's probably as much as i can say about food but i think we, we wanted to cover as well a little bit maybe about um what you need to do to to not have any excuses to go out if you actually want to get out and i think we wanted to mention a bit about the irish kind of running scene as well and i don't know if you still wanted to hear the hangover protocol on oh absolutely go for it Renny. yeah yeah i've got one more thing on my list but you you go through your piece there first yeah, so basically the hangover cures, I've experimented over many years and I've ended up with a protocol. It's just based on what actually happens, right? So I, I was nerdy enough to look at what happens to alcohol when it comes through the system. So the first thing you would say is, well, don't drink so much and space it out if you do drink, which is the best advice, right? <laughs> but if, if you can't help yourself, if you enjoy the fun, if you know it's going to happen and you won't, then what we can look at is, well, what, what is it actually that gives you that negative effect, the first thing is there's a lot of stress happening in the body when you drink what is essentially a poison. So you can take lots of things there that mops up anything that mops up other toxins, right? The glutathione, which I think uh, was made and um, mentioned on one of the podcasts is the best one, right? It's the best antioxidant for mopping up things. I like to take milk thistle, uh, which is a liver support for that sort of thing. Okay. You could take vitamin C or B vitamins, which is well on high demand, or you could just eat really, really well, you know, and you'd get all that. At step two, um, it's really all about the, the byproducts that happen from uh, alcohol is things like formaldehyde, right? And formaldehyde for anyone who probably knows is not a good thing. There are various things you can take that actually mop that up. So such as bentonite clay, um, activated charcoal. I would usually take that after 
you know, in the evening, I would drink a glass of my sports electrolyte drink, you know, something with potassium and sodium that may, mm-hmm. you know, I think most people would see even just diarolite works really well. And then a, a little bit after that, I would take one of these. Um, they're basically, they are types of compound that suck up certain toxins from the body. So it's it's worth doing. They're not particularly expensive. The last thing I take is, so they're called binders, by the way. If you want to look it up, it's it's binders. Then bitters is another thing. That's things that helps incre- increase this bile flow I talked about. So there's a lot of bitter foods do that to start with. So that's already good to know. If you like bitter foods, you're in luck here. But bile flow is what pushes toxins out of your body more quickly. So I like to take any, um, something called bitter um cactus or prickly cactus prickly pear cactus which is also called nopal that was the brand name back in the day uh, that's basically a mexican cactus that has shown to do two things one is it uh, it increases this bile flow but it also stabilizes the blood sugar reaction to alcohol so now just purely from the few studies i've seen on it they look pretty good but my experience with it has been very good yeah, so you have great. to take it from me maybe it won't work for you but i take three of them uh before starting um you know, a Christmas party or something like that. So you could say, is it a bit overkill? Shouldn't you just pay the price? And maybe you should, (laughs) but this is how the body works. So if you do want to aid it a little bit, that's the way to go. If you want a good summary, there's stephenduncan.co forward slash how to cure a hangover. He gives a really good summary of this. There are others online, but that would be one place to start if that's something you want to make part of your routine. Because for most of us, you know, we want to be able to train again as quickly as possible, even when we make little uh, concessions to our healthy lifestyle. And this sort of thing can help with that. Yeah, well, when he, um, for, I think for the listeners that are listening in, um, I, I suspect a lot of them will be pressing pause in the podcast, going back about 90 seconds and just jotting some of those down. And, you know, for somebody that hasn't got a cold or a flu over the last month or so, when so much of the country has, um, whatever you're doing is absolutely working, Rennie. So fair play. And th- the last thing that I had on my side, Rennie, was just to, to take a moment to reflect over the Christmas period, maybe when you're out doing an easy run or whatever, just to make sure that you reflect back on your racing over 2023 and you make sure that the the good races that you had the the good experience that you had that that you that you do remember them and you put them into your long-term memory storage banks you know because i think in today's world we're so used to just scrolling 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 on social media that we don't take a moment just to be present in what has happened you know over the last couple of months so make sure you you, you look back and Think about those happy times racing, those happy times training, and use that then to inspire you for 2024. Because now is a good time, I think, as well, when we are doing a lot of our, you know, easy runs around this time of year to dream about what we can do in 2024. And that can be very exciting. You know, I know you mentioned a lot of people around this time of year, all their main goal races are finished. They're kind of a little bit in limbo. But I think now is a really great time of year because the the, the world is our oyster now, Renny. We, we can dream about 2024. We can dream about doing really well and whatever it might be, whether it's a Leinster League race and Munster League race for some of the elites making Irish teams or whatever the race might be. Now's the time to, to dream and put put the steps in place to help you achieve those dreams. So uh, an, an exciting two weeks training ahead maybe for a lot of people. Yeah, tra- see, these transitional rituals, that's what I always enjoyed most about them, especially in New Year's, you know, which was a, it's a big fuss we make about it back home. It, it does allow you to 
to kind of feel the cycle of life, you know, and just pause for a moment and reflect, you know, when I didn't have, before I had the kids, I used to write a review in my blog of the year to just as for myself as much as anyone, you know, and you could do this privately if you don't want to share it, but just to reflect on what was the year and help you say, well, avoid just going blindly into the next one and just pressing the repeat yeah. button. If that's not what, you know, if you're happy where you are, by all means, press repeat. Yeah. But if you if you want to change something and don't go in with the mentality that, you know, dogs so much of the casual fitness community or people who are not yet in on the fitness journey of, you know, making it very aggressive and just, you know, putting what we call a New Year's resolution, obviously up, hitting the gym like crazy for the first three weeks of January and then giving up. Why does that happen? Well, it happens because there probably wasn't the right motivation behind it. You know, we as runners generally have something better than just, I, I want to look a bit better. I don't want to feel um, as old as I do or whatever. We we tend to have something positive. So this is a great time to to look back, say, okay, what did I do? What what did I achieve? Was I happy with that? You know, and what do I want the next year to look at? And then really mark that this is the end of that. Okay, we've reflected on it. It's gone. Yeah, and, and now we move into the next chapter. I think that's that's one great way to use these kind of transitional, you know, holiday rituals. Apart from just you know really having time with the people who hopefully mean the most to you, you know, which not not to forget is what it's probably about primarily. Absolutely. Well, listen, Rennie, thanks a million for that there today. I think that was a great, hopefully a very helpful segment for a lot of the listeners. And we can maybe touch base again early in the new year. And you can share with us if, if, if you got any uh, running related Christmas presents. And uh, in the meantime, Rennie, have a lovely Christmas yourself. And thank you very much for all your really uh, invaluable insights over the last 12 months there. They're always very, very helpful and very, very interesting. Well, it's my pleasure, Owen, and thanks for putting up with me through the last year. <laughs> and happy Christmas to everyone down in Grand Canaria. Indeed. Okay, right, listen, take care, mate. We'll talk to you maybe at the start of January, and we'll get going again for, for 2024. That's a wrap for this episode, everybody, and indeed for this year. Brilliant to chat to Rene there, as always, and and many thanks to Rene. And one more shout out to our sponsor for this Christmas episode as well, New Leaf Online Store, where you can get 10% off with the code TRY10, lowercase or uppercase, for all your running nutritional and supplement needs. And speaking of New Leaf, who is owned by Munster Immerunner Murray O'Keefe. Mairead is one of 28 people taking on the BMF Bauer Mega Backyard Fun Run consisting of 43 kilometres down in Waterfall organised by the super event organiser there, Simon Kelly. Check it out guys, go onto the Waterfall website. It looks fascinating, it looks brutal. Essentially, who will be the last trail runner standing after loops of 43 kilometres down in Waterfall? Um, the last person standing, the last person who can't run or walk no more, but they do have to finish the 43k loop to take the title. So uh, good luck to Simon and everybody who might be running in that one. I think there's only 23 or 28, I think it is, 28 brave brave warriors who are going to take on that one. Um, let's finish off by saying, guys, one more time, thank you to you guys the listeners happy christmas to you all thank you to our patreons and a shout out of course too to to the great volunteers at imra who put on all of our fantastic trail 
and mountain races weekend after weekend all year long. We got the chance to talk to some of them this year in the podcast, the likes of Elizabeth Wheeler, Robbie Williams, who are all doing fantastic work there in Inver, the whole committee there and their and their volunteers. So thanks guys for coming onto the show. Thanks for organising all the fantastic mountain and trail running races. And guys, let's call it a wrap there. Happy Christmas, everybody. We'll be back early in the new year to chat more about trail and mountain running in Ireland. Everybody, get your running gear on. Let's go.